So we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for this opportunity to share fellowship in your word. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our midst. In the name of Jesus, amen. We thank God for another opportunity to share fellowship in his word and for the privilege that we have. It's, it's a privilege to share God's word with each other. We are continuing our study on spiritual gifts and tonight is the part three on spiritual gifts. And we'll be looking at the second category or the second groupings that we have decided to group spiritual gifts, all the nine spiritual gifts under. From previous episodes, we made mention that the nine spiritual gifts, we would like to group them into three based on how they operate or how they function. So we have the gifts that reveal things. So we call them the regulatory gifts. That is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Then we also have the um, authorized gifts, gifts that have to do with you, or the vocal gifts, gifts that have to do with you speaking. Um, we have the interpretation of tongues, the speaking of tongues, and prophecy. And I know word of wisdom and word of knowledge are vocal, you say it with your mouth, but I hope you are getting what we mean by vocal gifts. In the same way, we also have power gifts. And every gift demonstrates the power of God. The descent of spirit is a demonstration of the power of God. But we are just using these words just to help us understand how they function. So when we say revelatory gifts, we are talking about gifts that primarily reveal something. The same with vocal gifts and the same with power gifts. And power is simply the ability to cause change or the ability to do something. So do you have the power to do something? Do you have the ability to do something? So when we talk about power gifts, we are simply talking about gifts that causes change or gifts that causes things to happen. Now, just as we said for revelatory gifts, we are also saying the same thing in the sense that one, these gifts are closely associated with each other and many times they work together. So just as we can find a scenario where word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and or uh, the same of spirits work together, we can also find the same thing with power gifts. And it's not just gifts in the same group that also work together. So it's not revelatory gifts work together, power gifts work together, and vocal or utterance gifts work together. No, the gifts can work together. So you can find a situation where a vocal gift or a revelatory gift is working with the power gift. All these gifts work together. So where one gift ends, another gift can take over all in one scenario. And we also said that when it comes to spiritual gifts, we are talking about gifts that are given due to one's association with the Holy Spirit. So they are not natural abilities. That's the first thing we said about spiritual gifts. We also said that they transcend the normal thing that's available to every believer. So giving the example of word of wisdom, every believer due to his exposure to the word of God and his work with God is exposed to wisdom and not the same as spiritual gifts. And personally, I like to call power gifts as advertisers of the gospel because of what they do and how they go about it. Every gift advertises the gospel because if you go to a setting, maybe you like you go to a village or you go to a community and you are able to give the chief there or the elder there a word of knowledge 
concerning something that only him and God knows. You will tell how he'll be receptive to open to the word of God. And it's the same thing with all these gifts. But when we talk about, or when I say that power gifts are advertised on the gospel, I'm just saying that they have a more dramatic effect. To go to our scripture that we have been perusing for some weeks now, that's 1 Corinthians 12. You just focus on the verse that contains the gift that we'll be talking about for this evening. And that is the verse 8 and the verse 9. It says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. The verse 10, to another the working of miracles, then to another prophecy, to another the descending of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, if you use different Bible translations, you will notice certain slight differences with the verse 8 and the verse 9, which is our focus. So, for example, let's say with the, um, with the verse 10, if you take maybe, let's say, the King James rendering, it goes to another, the working of miracles. If you take another, maybe, the topic rendering, it says, the working of miracles. Miracles are in plural. And the same thing happens with healing. Some versions go like the gift of healing. Some versions goes like the gifts of healings. So as we look at each of these gifts, I would share my commentary on why you may see some of them using the singular and some of them using the plural. So we want to start with our first gift for consideration, and that's the gift of faith. And as I like to do, before I state what the gift of faith is, I would like to state what the gift of faith is not. Now, the Christian work is a work of faith. Everything we do from the day we become born again. In fact, the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. So the beginning of our work is, is initiated by faith. And we are maintained by faith. And we end by faith. So everything about the believer's work is a work of faith. So the Bible says that who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So in Ephesians 2 verse 8, we say that for we are saved by grace through faith. Then we see severally in Habakkuk and Romans, and the writer, and I think in Galatians 2, see this clause that the just shall live by faith. This Christian work, we are living by faith. And this faith, I will call the normal faith of a believer, is not the same as the gift of faith. Now, Let's even take a look at Romans 12 verse 13 to see the normal faith as I'll as call it for the purpose of our discussion. It says that, For I say, through the gift that is given to me, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but so to think as to think soberly, according as God has dealt to each man the measure of faith. So this is the normal faith that every believer has. Because as I said, your work in Christ begins with faith. And this faith is not the same as the gift of faith. This faith we are talking about is a spiritual gift, and I will explain it. But the normal faith is the faith that God, or the faith that initiates us into our Christian work, is the faith that we live, just shall live by faith. And this faith grows or comes by the hearing of the word of God. So in Romans 10, the verse 17 says that, and so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
But the gift of faith doesn't come necessarily by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It comes by the Holy Ghost giving you this ability or giving you this gift. So we need to understand. So just as with the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the descending of spirits, these abilities are different from the normal function of every believer. So what the wisdom the believer has is different from the word of wisdom. And the faith every believer has is different from the gift of faith. It's important that we understand this. So I'll call it the normal faith or the ordinary faith, which is manifested in every believer. And that is not the same as the gift of faith. And also we should know that every gift, all the gifts we are talking about, the nine gifts, all of them are created by faith. <laughs> you don't access any of these gifts by doubting. Everything is by faith. So even people tell that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And this is what the normal faith or the ordinary faith, which is not the same as a manifestation of the gift of faith. So now, what is the gift of faith? So if I should say, the gift of faith is simply the ability the Holy Spirit gives to an individual in order to be able to receive what I would like to call crazy things from God. So we all have faith in God, but some people are able to believe God for some things that the average or the normal Christian would find it difficult to believe God for. So the gift of faith is the supernatural ability to believe things or to believe God for crazy things. It's a, it's a faith that we place no kind of limit whatsoever on what we can receive from God. And, and we can see, if I should say, shadows of this gift in the life of Jesus. So we see in some instances where people would demand that Jesus would come to their house before they could receive the healing he has. So somebody will come and tell Jesus that Jesus, come to my house or my child is sick. Somebody will come and tell Jesus that Jesus lay hand on me so that I may receive a particular healing. But we also see instances where somebody doesn't need Jesus to come to his house before the person is able to receive the healing. The person is saying that wherever you are, just speak the word and I know that my child will be, will be healed. And even Jesus commented on such things, it's like, wow, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Meaning that Jesus was putting a distinguishing factor or Jesus was distinguishing the faith that this ruler had from the other faith that people had received. And even if you look in Mark, Jesus went to his hometown. The Bible says that people Jesus could not do many miracles because of familiarity, except he lay hands on the few. I think we should read that scripture. Mark chapter 6. I think the verse number 6, we can read the beginning so you see what happened. But let's just read from the verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is without honor, but in his own country, and among his own king, and among his own house. The verse 5. Look at what they said. And Jesus, the whole Jesus, <laughs> the one who was given the spirit without measure because of familiarity. One of the things that killed the anointing very fast is familiarity. And when we talk about the workings of healings and miracles, you see how significant this is. Now they're saying that he could not do no mighty work, save he lay hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now the verse 6 before I give my commentary. And he marveled at their unbelief. I hold Jesus. Let's see what the easy English says. It's that Jesus was very surprised. <laughs> like in fact, 
Jesus, who is God, <laughs> nothing surprises him. But the Bible took the pain to note that the unbelief these people had, it was surprising. So these people, they had the gift of unbelief. <laughs> if there's anything like that, that's just on a lighter note. So with the manifestation of the gift of faith, people are able to receive things from God without placing any limit whatsoever. So some people, they place a limit on Jesus that unless Jesus comes to their house. So they gave like it was a condition that unless you come to my house, I cannot receive from you. But somebody else came and said that, Mr. Jesus, you don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. And I was, and Jesus was surprised. Was, wow, there's somebody who has this type of faith. So that scenario is a manifestation of the gift of faith at work. Look at the, the woman with the issue of blood. There were many people that had issues who were touching Jesus, but none of them could receive of Jesus. But this woman who has been bleeding for 12 years, the Bible said, and she talked to herself, I don't need to introduce myself to Jesus. I don't need to sow a seed to Jesus. I don't need to have a one-on-one consultation with Jesus before I could receive my healing. She said, if I can but just touch the hem of his garment, I would receive healing. And this is a classical manifestation of the gift of faith. This woman had the ability to receive a crazy thing from God without placing any limit on it. As I said, faith is needed in all these nine. Now we talk about the gift of faith, there's, there's an extra level. There are people that can believe God for anything. So a situation where everybody is calling dead, even people who are filled with the Holy Ghost are calling this situation a lost cause. Another example can be seen in the death of Lazarus. Because Mary and, and, and the sister were, were believers. So even when Jesus told them that your son will resurrect, see what Mary said. Mary was not giving Jesus ready. That, oh, Mr. Jesus, I know that this man will resurrect. So even though she knew that Jesus could heal the sick, Jesus could, do, could cast out demons from her, Jesus could do all these things, she didn't know that the man, if I should say anointing, has got to that level of bringing back somebody who had died. So if Mary had the gift of faith, she could have believed for a resurrection from the dead. But because she did, she was like, oh, Mr. Jesus, I know on the last day my brother will resurrect. But that's not what I'm asking for. So she said, if you were around, my, my brother would not have died. So she was placing a limit to what God or what Jesus could do. But those with the gift of faith do not place any limit to what they can receive from God or from Jesus. So now we go to our next gift. That is the working, some with some verses will say the workings of miracle or the working of miracles, however your version may put it. So now the working of miracles is interesting. Use working. So what's a miracle? In basic or in simple terms, a miracle is simply a supernatural miracle. You know, many people use this word for different things. For example, just looking at how a woman is able to take seed and how um, an egg and a sperm or uh, in the semen, how when they fuse together, that simple reaction or that simple fusion is able to develop into a baby. And just look at how this, this cell is able to divide into a whole organism. That alone is a miracle. But that's what the miracle was. Giving birth is a natural occurrence in nature. When we talk about a miracle, we are talking about a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. And it's interesting that 
the word that was translated miracles, they use the word dunamis. And for those of us that are familiar with, we are going back to Greek and Hebrew. Sorry for those of you who are not very comfortable, but you, as you progress in your study life, you need at least know some few Greek and Hebrew. And for nothing at all from our who told you. Now you know graphe, you know rima, you know logos, so you can flex your muscles small with this one. So now let's learn a new one, dunamis. And dunamis simply means acts of power or power. So in, in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall receive power. It's talking about and you shall receive dunamis. And it's interesting that the Greek word that was translated miracles in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10 is actually dunamis. And a clearer rendition will be acts of power. Talk about the workings of miracles. We are simply talking about the acts of power that intervene in the normal occurrences. Things that are amazing. The workings of, of miracles are simply the outworkings of the explosion of the mightiness or the staggering wonders of God. So it's things that happen that you know that they are not natural occurrences. And they are called what we call the workings of miracles. And I want to take note that the Bible didn't say the gift of a miracle, but it says the workings of miracles. Now we need to understand that miracles are worked out. There's a working, or if I should there's an equation for miracles to take place. And if you look at all the miracles in the Bible, and you see, miracles are very important because if you take away the miraculous from the Bible, the Bible becomes just a normal historic material. So many of us have downplayed the relevance of miracles. Take away the miracles from the Bible and the Bible is just a normal, normal historic material. It, the Bible is just like a normal story. Oh, Abraham, there's a man called Abraham. There's a man called Moses. There was a, there was a king called David. But immediately you add the miracles or immediately you acknowledge the acts of power in the Bible. Then the Bible now includes metamorphosis from an ordinary historic material to the Word of God. And I can't choose which miracle to give <laughs> because right from Genesis to Revelation, they are full of miracles. As I said, they are called the workings of miracles because mostly things come together to cause a reaction or to cause a result. So taking the example of Jesus turning water into wine, Jesus didn't just say wine come from heaven. But there was like a spiritual equation. And what was the equation? Fill the jars with water. So now Jesus is working something. So in our charismatic setting, we say, work it, Papa, work it, Papa. If the minister is preaching, say, oh, Papa, work it. You get it? So Jesus was working something out. He was causing things to happen. So the first thing was that he told the servants that the jars that you have, fill it with water, take a cup, and go and give it to the master of the ceremony. In fact, that is also part of the equation. So the equation for water to turn into wine in that story was... One, equation one was, or the first element is that fill the jars with water, take it and go and give it to the master first. So if they had given that water to anybody else except the master, it wouldn't have turned into wine. The instruction or the equation is clear. It's like one plus one is equal to two. If you make, if you change one, one of the ones and make it two, you're not going to get two. They're going to get something else. That's why we call them workings of miracles. So there are things that are worked out. Looking at the example of Jesus multiplying the loaves of bread and the fishes. The first thing was that let them sit down. <laughs> so if I was there, I would say, work it, Jesus, work it, Papa. Say, let them sit down. Divide them into groups of 50s, of 100s. And I'll be shouting at the back, work it, work it. And Jesus would say, and he took the bread and I'll shout, work it. 
he broke the bread, worked it, he lifted it up, and he gave thanks. So all that Jesus was doing, that God was, Jesus was working things out. So we see several examples. The prophets went, one day, him and his prophets, who were in the school of prophets, they were going to build a dwelling place. So they went to chop down trees. And one of them, the axe head fell down, and he shouted, Alas, it was borrowed. He went to borrow somebody's axe head, and please, desist from borrowing. This is just free, free revelation. That as much as possible not to be a borrower or to always collect loans. It's not biblical. That's just by the way, but it's very true. So he went to borrow the accent and he cried that, oh, prophet, I went to borrow somebody's accent. And what did Elijah do? He, he took a stick and he, he threw it on the river or the water body that was there. And the axe head floated. You get to show there was a working that was going on. So it's called the workings of miracles because things are put together to bring an end result. Let me just give a nice example. I don't know, I'm, I'm enjoying the miracle. So look at when Moses was, was dividing the Red Sea. He didn't just go and started walking. No, what did God tell him? Stretch forth your road. So as I will say again, if I was among the Israelites, I'll be shouting, Papa Moses, work it, work it. Then Moses will lift up the road. And you see the red, the wind blowing and the Red Sea dividing. So we call it the workings of miracle because there are things that come together to cause a particular miracle to take place. So yeah, I would like to bring this thing that the, the primary difference between the gift of faith and the workings of miracle is this. With the gift of faith makes us receive a miracle and the workings of miracle works the miracle. So that's the difference between the gift of faith and the workings of miracle. The gift of faith is more passive. You are able to receive a miracle. So maybe you need money in your account. You don't need, you don't, you may not have the gift of workings of miracle, but with the gift of faith, when the prophet says, I see money, I see you getting miracle money, and you are not that person that believes in these things, you need a gift of faith. So the gift of faith, or what I'm trying to say, the primary difference between the gift of faith and the working of miracle is that one is more passive, the gift of faith is passive, and the workings of miracle is more active. With the gift of faith, you are able to receive a miracle. But with the workings of miracle, you are able to perform, or you are able to work a miracle. So this is the slight, or this is the main difference between the gift of faith and the workings of miracles. So now, with the last gift under the power gift is what we have as the gift of healings. And as I said, some will say the gift of healings, others will say the gifts of healings, and others will say the gift of healings. So some, I don't know, every version has the way it renders it. But looking at, and as I mentioned some time ago, using the Strong's numbers, that if you are privileged to have the study Bible, the gifts and the healings are more in a plural sense. So it's actually supposed to be the gifts of healings. But I know some versions don't capture it like that. But it's supposed to be the gifts of healings. And I'll explain as I go further. And so what's healing? Healing simply means taking away sickness. That's all. That's all healing means. So when you say I am healed, it simply means that I have been cured. I have been treated. Or what was inflicting me, whatever disease or sickness was inflicting me has gone. That's what we simply mean by healing. So the gifts of healing is simply the manifestation of the power of God to take away sickness without the intervention of man. So now, the reason why it has gifts of healing, and this one is 
the most controversial, if I should say, gift among the other gifts. And many people make a mockery of men of God that they say claim to have these manifestations. And I will try my best to tackle these things. So now the reason why it has the gifts of healings is because if you take a study of church history, you would realize that many people that work in this in this manifestation, most often than not, each of them are mostly skewed towards one type of... Uh, you find that most of them heal a group of diseases. So for some people, they have gifts of healing for cancer. So just as a doctor, even though a doctor can treat all diseases, there are people who specialize in their hearts, people who specialize in, with cancer, people who specialize with different types of sicknesses. And the same thing with the gifts of healings. So there are some ministers of God or there are people that have the ability for cancer. It's like, for them, when it comes to cancer cases, they, are, they don't struggle, if I should say, or most of the healings they perform is mostly with cancer cases or with tumor cases, or they have a particular line of diseases most of them heal. Some people have the anointing, if I should say, or have the gifts to deal with blindness, to deal with deformity. So blindness, deafness, dumbness, lameness. So you realize that most of them, they record this type of healings. So you realize that most ministers who are prominent with these type of manifestations, you realize that they have a particular type of disease that most of them flow under. And it's important that we also appreciate this part. And I believe that these gifts of healing, too, we have specializations in this gift. So though somebody with this gift may be able to treat all types of diseases, but with a particular group of diseases, it flows easier with these groups of diseases than other groups. And that's why it's called the gifts of healing. Please, nobody say he has a gift of healing for headache and malaria. <laughs> it's, it's there. That's why it calls the gifts. Just showing the diversity and the many sides of these healings that an individual may get. So now, just as with the other gifts, we must appreciate the fact that every believer, through acting on the word of God, can receive healing. And that is not the same as the manifestation of the gift of healing. And even in the Great Commission in Mark chapter 16, one of the things that follows people that obey the Great Commission is healing. So let me just read Mark chapter 16 verse 18 just so that we see that what jesus was saying and this is not the same as the gift of healing so mark chapter 16 verse 8 it says that you shall take up serpents and if you drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt you you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so this is not the manifestation or jesus by saying this is not saying that everybody has the gift of healing but he's saying that as as a believer who makes an attempt in fulfilling the Great Commission. This is one of the things that you will get. So it's like, it's the normal flow of every believer. So even in James, it says that if any of you is sick, you should call for the elders of the church and they would anoint him and lay hands on him and the prayer of faith shall heal the person. And this is not the same as the gifts of healing. Now, it's important to also know that you can receive healing through the gift of faith and or you can receive healing by acting on the word of God. So maybe imagine you're not feeling well. You can just stand on the promises of God by his stripes. I was healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, you purchased my healing for me. I ask for the appropriation of the healing that was purchased for me on my behalf. So what you are doing is that 
you are acting on the word of God. What you are doing is the normal faith every believer has access to. Now, one way to know if you have the gifts of healing is that the gifts of healing are manifested from one person to another. And this is very important. So with the gift of healing, you are able to minister healing to somebody else. And this is very important we understand. And this point is what one of the things I'm now building my point to explain that there's so much mockery, if I should say, and the misconception people have about the gifts of healing. Is that you know, sometimes you read about men of God. I've seen people asking me this question that this man was performing miracles, this man was healing the sick, yet he died of sickness. Yet he himself died of cancer. This man was capable of cancer. Yet he died of cancer. There may be various reasons that could attribute to this. This is not neglecting the reality of this gift. Now, just to give you some of the reasons. One, just as in the manifestation of the gifts of healing, the person with this gift should understand that just as he ministers this gift to people, in order for him to also receive of this gift, he himself must minister it to himself. So you don't say that I have the gift of healing. So if you have an issue in your body, you would neglect it. No, just as others are able to receive of this gift from you, in the same way, you should also be able to receive of it from yourself. But then the issue is this, just as I think it's not ethically right for, or most or doctors are not allowed to treat themselves. And I also believe that doctors are not allowed to treat um, relatives. There's a reason why these things are put in place. That if maybe, for example, as a husband, if, for example, I'm a doctor and my wife comes, I am not allowed to treat my wife. For whatever reason that they have, it's the same thing with this, with the manifestation of this gift. So if I'm somebody with this gift and I happen to have an issue with my body, I must now go to somebody with the gift of healing to minister healing unto me or... I act on the word of God to receive my healing. Now, it's important that we understand that spiritual gift is a gift that a person has from the Holy Spirit. And the best scenario to explain my point is that the individual with the gift is just a vessel used by God. So the human being himself is not the healing. The human being possesses an ability to heal. So the human being is like the tap that water flows through. So the tap is not the water. You see, because, for example, looking at the current pandemic we are in, I saw a, a flyer, or if I should say, a poster, and the people or the person who did it had put men of God there. And the person had written that these men of God are waiting for Corona to leave the world for them to resume their healing. And this is Jesus referred to as, in the last days, that mockers and scoffers shall come. They are talking about things they don't understand. And even some believers, are agreeing to this notion because they don't understand the manifestation of these gifts. And also people make an issue that if you claim that these ministers are doing genuine healing, some say that they are acting, they will get paid. It's true that people act. I'm not denying the fact. But just as there is a counterfeit or just as there is a fake, that means there's a reality. Because the only thing that validates a fake currency or a fake product means that there's a true product. You can't have a fake without an original. So most people are saying these people are fake. And by them saying they are fake, they unconsciously are agreeing to the fact that they are genuine manifestations. So most people ask this question that if these men of God are really true, why don't they just go to the hospitals with corona and just lay hands on everybody? I will explain why. Secondly, people also say that 
Why don't they, they just go to the hospitals and say that everybody receive healing? Then everything is done. And you know, sometimes believers can hear these things and think that they are making a reasonable claim, but it's simply an evidence of the lack of the knowledge of the scripture that you have because you don't know the truth, neither the power of God. So most people are making such ignorant statements because they themselves have never taken time to take a study of the manifestation of this gift. Now, in addressing all these things, the first thing I want us to appreciate is that the people that possess these abilities are not the owners of this gift. They are simply stewards of this gift. So just as if you work in a company, you do not prescribe your job description. Somebody prescribes to you what you are supposed to do. It's the same way with the manifestation or the administration of this gift. The individual doesn't decide who he wants to heal or not. What do I mean? Let's go into the Bible. Let's now look at Luke chapter 4. You see, whatever is happening today, there's always an answer in Scripture. Now let's look at Luke chapter 4. So this mockery people are making is nothing new. It's already in the Bible. So now let's look at it. Let's start from the verse 21, Luke chapter 4. And he began to say unto them, This day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now you know that Jesus had taken the school. He went and he read Isaiah. That says that the Spirit of God is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to captives, to give sight to those who are blind, etc., etc. So after reading these things, he told them that this day has this scripture been fulfilled. Now look at what the next verse. And they were all given witness with wonder to the words of grace which came from his mouth. And they said, is this not the son of Joseph? <laughs> so Jesus just come and said one more things that what Isaiah said, Isaiah was referring to him. And the Bible said, and they're like, hey, now this son of the carpenter, <laughs> we know where you are coming from. No, you are claiming that what Isaiah said is talking about you. Now, let's look at the verse 23. Jesus is speaking. And Jesus said to them, you will surely say to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here. So now, they are mocking Jesus that if you claim you are a healer, heal yourself. That's one. And secondly, they are saying that we have heard that you are doing some miracles somewhere. The miracles you did over there, come and do it here also, before I give my comment. Now, Jesus said that, for truly I say to you, a prophet is not accepted in his own country. Fine. The verse 25. Now, Jesus answering this question. Listen to what Jesus says concerning those who make a mockery of the gifts of healing. He says that, truly I say to you, there were a number of widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heaven was shut for three years and six months, and there was no food in the land, verse 26. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of these widows, but the widow of Zarephath in Sidon. Now, verse 27, Jesus is still speaking. And he said, And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, except for Naaman the Syrian. And I look at the verse 28, wow. Indeed, there's nothing new on the side. Listen to what the verse 28 says. And all of them in the synagogue were full of anger <laughs> when these things were said to them. Now look at what they did. And they rose up <laughs> and thrust him out of the city and led him to the tip of the hill which of the city which was built on, seeking that they may cast him down. And Jesus did some wonderful things. He was able to escape from them. He was able to dodge them. He was able to Nicodemusly maneuver. So, Listen to what happened. Jesus is preaching and he's saying that what Isaiah has said, he was referring to me. And the people are saying, please, 
we know who you are. You are the carpenter who came to fix my bed two years ago or three years ago or five years ago. Then you are claiming that what Isaiah said about somebody come to perform healings, somebody come to preach um, liberty, somebody come to give sight to the blind. How can you claim you are the one? And Jesus is responding to that, says that, I know surely you will tell me that physician, heal yourself. That's the first thing he said. And he said that whatsoever you have done elsewhere, come and do it over here. It's the same thing people are saying. You claim to be having crusades. And whenever you go for your crusades, you always put pictures of you holding crutches, of you claiming that 10 men were healed. People receive sight. We have heard that you are doing that crusade grounds. Please, Corona has come. Come and do the same thing over here. It's the same thing people are saying nowadays. And, hey, you have been seeing plenty videos of you doing miracles in your church, of you doing miracles in crusades. Please, now that we are here, Corona has come. Kindly go to the hospitals or the quarantine centers and perform this same thing. So what Jesus was telling them, and this is why they got angry, because they understood what Jesus was saying. Because Jesus was saying that the issue is not with the ability of God to perform. The issue has always been with the receiver of this manifestation. That there were many people suffering from the famine. There were many people who had the condition of leprosy, but none of them were healed. But just Neymar and the widow of Zarephath. In other words, the ability to receive from this or to receive from this manifestation has more to do with the individual. So it's the same thing. We have heard you do many miracles in your church. We have seen videos of you saying you have healed the sick, of you saying you have raised the dead. We're in a season of Corona. Come and heal us. Why don't you go to the quarantine season? And just as Jesus answered them, it's the same answer we are giving to you. That there are many people with Corona, but some are getting healed that you may not know. And the issue is not that, or the issue has very little to do with the person with the ability, but to do with the people receiving the gift. Because Jesus was saying that the issue is not with the ability of God to perform, but the issue is the ability for you to receive. That's the first answer Jesus is giving. That the reason why many people are not receiving from the manifestation of the gifts of healing is because of the nothingness of their heart. It's because of the mockery in their heart. Now let's go to the next answer Jesus gives us. And that can be found in John chapter 5 verse 19. Jesus is saying something interesting. He says unto them, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but that which he sees the father do. For whatever things the father does, these the son also do in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Now Jesus is giving us a second reason why we don't seem to appreciate the gift of healing. Jesus is saying that what you see me do, I'm not doing it by myself. I'm doing it because I see my father do. They heal people, they see the father heal. It's very important that we understand. Because I, if I have the gift of healing, I'm just a steward of the gift. So I give a scenario that if I'm working in a company, I do not tell myself my job description. When I go, my boss tells me that today, do this, do that, do this. So if somebody comes to the company and asks me, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? My answer is, I am doing this because that is what my boss tells me to do. So people who have an issue against how ministers dispense this gift is that they are asking the wrong people. The question should be, why is God deciding to heal those he decides to heal? So people are like, why is it that maybe you can go to administration? 
and there are 10 blind people over there. Why is it that only one out of the 10 blind people gets healed? Don't ask the minister. The father does the healing. Don't take the issue against the man of God or against the child of God, but take it up against the father. So don't join the masses or don't join unbelievers who ridicule the gift of healing. Never join that group. Because what you are not realizing to appreciate is that the individual himself or herself is just a vessel. And the person can by himself do nothing unless the father does. There are many more reasons, but I would like to give these two reasons. Now, the first reason why we seem to find a discrepancy in the manifestation of this gift is because one, people are not opened enough to receive of this gift. And two, they heal as the father leads them. People who possess these gifts are not the owners of the gift, but they are just stewards. They are just channels by which God uses to perform these healings. So at this point, I would like to stop and ask for question or contribution before we take our word of prayer. Abna, you have a contribution. Yes, we are listening. Hi, everybody. So I wanted to share something little on what Sam said so far. So back in SHS, there was this old student that came to preach like he had become a pastor and he came to preach in our church and you know sometimes before these men of god start preaching like they call like they start laying hands something so he decided to he decided to call the people who sing like the choir so when they came forward he started laying hands on them and praying for them and yeah also people were falling and all that so when he finished, he told us that some of the people, when he was praying for them, he saw arrows being thrown at them, but he has cleared them and all those things. So then a week later at church service, our chaplain came and he told us that like the man of God called him and said he was very, very sick throughout the week that followed after he came to our school. And... The reason was that when he was laying hands on the people, like he was prompted by the Holy Spirit not to lay hands on everybody. But then to him, he thought, oh, since he's here, why doesn't he just do what he has to do before going? Because like there's no harm. He has called everybody forward. So why not? So that's why he prayed for them. But not knowing the arrows that he claimed to have cleared had rather come back to attack him. So from this, uh, chaplain told us that, like, if you are not led to pray, like, for healing and things for people, you shouldn't do it. And I think it's in line with what Sam was saying. So that's what I wanted to share. Okay, thank you. So it's, it's really important that we understand this thing that as a son, so what Jesus said in John chapter 5 and 19 was actually giving us the principle by which we operate. That do only what you see your father do. Do only what you see God leading you to do. And you see, sometimes people are in conditions that you may not appreciate. And I like to give the example of the prodigal son. Imagine I was a rich man who had seen this prodigal son eating um, the, the food that belongs to the pigs. Imagine I had seen him and I had taken him from the farm and I had cleaned him and I had taken him to my house and taken care of him. I may be doing a good work, but that 
would be against the will of God. Because the will of God was that through him eating the food that belongs to the pigs, he would come to his senses and return back to the Father. This is why we only heal people as the Father leads us. Because there are some people that are going through certain ailments because of the result of the consequences of certain things they have done. So if you try to intervene in what God or the dealings or the pruning that they are going through, you will end up messing things up. So imagine somebody had seen the prodigal son and had taken care of him. He may have been doing a good work, but what he would have done is that he would have prevented the son from one coming back to his senses and two, from returning home. That is why as ministers, we don't just go to the hospital and say, all of you receive your healing. We go to all the hospitals for the corona centers and say, all of you receive your healing. No, it's because we heal only as God instructs us to heal. We are not the owners of the gift. We are only stewards of the gift. Yes, Bele. Okay, this uh, question about the gifts in general, I've had or I've encountered the notion that the spiritual gifts are not for one to have, but then it's a realm that every Christian can tap into. So let's say someone who has who does not um, necessarily have the the gift of healing can pray for someone or can have that gift when the person needs it or when the like there's a need and so when you have the word of knowledge is not yours but then at a particular moment that it is needed that's when it will be manifested so i, I want clarification whether it's yours to have or let's say you can actually say and um, this particular person has um the gifts of let's say word of knowledge and it's not just a realm that um, the person seems i hope you get me Yes, so that's yeah, I okay. So yes, um, I've heard people say that actually the gifts are not gifts per se, but they are just realm. Anybody can tap into. The argument is that nobody in the Bible you can find an example where somebody is stated to have a particular gift according to what people are saying. That, for example, you will never see any scripture that says that Matthew or Peter or Silas or Luke had a gift of word of knowledge or had a gift of miracles or these things and also people make the argument that in first corinthians 12 as we read from the first episode the word there is concerning spirituals or concerning the spiritual the word gift there was brought in by translators so the actual rendering doesn't have spiritual gifts so most people stand on these two premises and moreover any believer can manifest these gifts or can manifest these abilities as they would say they're not necessarily a gift. But I would like us to just look at the chapter again and see what Paul actually says. And the first thing you should take note is that Paul said in the beginning of the chapter that concerning the spiritual, and if we take a look, what Paul said between that and when he started talking about love, you know the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. So Paul said now concerning the spiritual, and if you take a look on what he said after that verse to where he started talking about love, he talked about two main things. That was the manifestation of these gifts. The focus was on the gifts and the body of Christ. Now, for those who are saying that these are not actually gifts, let's start. Let's take a look at the verse 4. The verse 4 clearly states that now there are diversities of gifts. So meaning that the Holy Spirit gives gifts. So that one is settled. 
Now let's look at the verse 7. He says that, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. So it's something that is given. And now the verse 11 is saying that he divides it according to the man as he wills. So this obviously cannot be a spiritual realm because it's something that the Holy Spirit gives to people. So if it's just a spiritual realm that, as we would say, you have to enter the Spirit before you get what is the Holy Spirit giving? What is the Holy Spirit dividing? So now let's take another. I want to give more evidences. Now let's look at the verse 8. So he says that the manifestation is given to everybody. And he's saying that one is given something. So if it's just a realm or a manifestation or an atmosphere that you enter into as at when you want to, what is the Holy Spirit giving? How come he's giving people word of wisdom or word of knowledge, etc.? So let me see if I can find. Let's look at, I think, the verse 32. Let's just read from the verse 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? And the verse 37, have all the gifts of healing. Now I was saying that if everybody is an apostle or everybody said everybody's not an apostle, everybody's not a prophet, everybody's not a worker of miracles. That's what he's saying. That God didn't give everybody these things. But from the verse 30 and even the verse 28, it says the gifts of healing. So it qualifies that healing is not just something that you can get access to. Yes, that one is there. And I explained that that one is available to every believer who acts on the word of God. Everybody can manifest this gift one way or the other. And I give an instance that there are times I've gone for evangelism and I've seen the word of knowledge manifest. Doesn't mean that this person has the gift. No. The thin line to know that somebody is operating in the gift and somebody just in quotes tapped into that realm or entered a spiritual atmosphere. How can we tell somebody has the gifts of prophecy? Is that there's a consistency in manifestation. So it's not just a one-time event, or it's not just something you occasionally manifest as at when, maybe as I said, because I'm going for evangelism, and as at then I needed that gift. And it's something that you operate in or you manifest in. Scriptures we have read in first Corinthians 12, verse 4, verse 7, verse 1, and even in verse 28. With all bad person the point that there are actually gifts. There are these gifts that exist. And the way to know you operate in this gift is when there's a show of consistency. Alright. So in the absence of question and contribution, we like to take our scripture to pray on. And it will be taken from Second Kings chapter 4. It's a very interesting story over there. Starting from the verse 1. I believe it's a story that we are all familiar with. So now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of of the prophet is dead, and you know that your servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come, borrow not a few. And when you come in, you shall shut the door on you, and you and your son shall pour into all those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door on her and on her sons, who brought the vessels, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said to her, There is no more vessel. Then the oil stayed. Many people are wondering, or many people have heard this say many times that it seems as though God was working mightily in the Old Testament. It seems as though God was doing a lot of miracles, doing signs and wonders. The oil is still flowing. But the reason why we may consider it not as it were is because there are no more available vessels. The issue has been with the vessels. The issue that God has been looking for people. God is looking for vessels. And that is the reason why it seems as though the oil has stayed. 
All our praise about the natural, all our praise about what where we do work, they are now lasting over the natural and you are content with the spiritual. Well, for tell us that you should convert endlessly spiritual if many of you are no longer hungry for God. And because of that, the oil doesn't seem flow. But if you want to pray that God make us vessel by which you can pour the oil, by which you can pour the gifts of healing, by which you can pour the gifts of weapons of miracles, by which you can pour the, the gifts of faith. But as I said, these power gifts are advertisers of the gospel. The reason why we are not seeing as we would want a flock of people coming to the church is because we are no longer manifesting the power of God. Because the gospel is both the power and the wisdom of God. The issue is that God is looking for vessels. God is looking for David to anoint his oil. God is looking for people to give the gift of healing. But these people are rather chasing after cars. These people are rather chasing after money. These people are rather being conventious over the natural. And they are content with the spiritual. We want to pray to God that God creates in us a heart where we become vessels for you. Where we become vessels for you to use. For God is seeking after David. God is seeking after vessels to searching for people. God has made the gifts. They are diversity. The Bible calls the gifts of healing. God is still in the healing business. And many of us are not desirous over this thing. Many of us are not hungry over the spiritual. All our attention is on the world. But the Bible says that the world passes away and the last thereof. But they that do the will of God, they abide forever. Jesus says that all the things that we are praying for are the things that are Gentiles and the things that unbelievers seek after. But he says, if we seek in the kingdom of God, and it's like all these things will be added us. You have a displacement contesting they can get from God when God is on a mission to look for vessels. Father, we pray you are looking for vessels. May you not find us looking for, for beloved. May you not just find us looking for us. May you not just find us looking for promotion. But may God is not a hunger where we be vessels. May it never be said in our era that there are no more vessels. May it never be said in our era that there are no more vessels. The reason why it has do your family is remaining the same is because you are praying for the wrong thing. God wants to use you. God wants to set you up as a pillar in your family so that you could manifest his power. There are certain situations your parents may be going through and just the word of wisdom would solve it. But here is the case that we are rather looking after the wrong thing. But may God bear in us a hunger where we would make ourselves available vessels. Father, may we be vessels. May we be conventional over the spiritual and content with the natural. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. For David are found, and with my holy oil have I anointed. May God find us. May God locate us and may we be available to be used by God. God bless you for joining us. And we really appreciate your presence with us. And we hope that we'll find you next week as we continue our study on spiritual gifts. And we are going to the big one, the utterance gift. I know many people have issues about tongue speaking and prophecy, etc. And we are believing that through the agency of the Spirit of God, we will share some light on this thing. God bless you and see you next week. Bye. Bye.